The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Elizabeth Kotz. And I'm Stephanie Sambari, and we are the hosts of That's So Retrograde. Heard of us? For the past 200 and some episodes, we've been trying to figure out what the hell wellness is. We have inspiring and fun conversations with all types of amazing people, from healers to comedians to whatever's in between. We're five years in, but we're just getting started. So hop on board every Thursday to join the party and route to living your best life. And don't forget your cannabis. Or to check us out on Instagram at So Retrograde. That's right. Bye. See you there. Hi, I'm Caroline Stanbury, and I am Divorced Not Dead. I'm a former Bravo TV star and now former wife. Fresh off the back of my divorce, I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said between each other, society, the sheets, and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me for the journey, so buckle up. Welcome back to another episode of Divorce Not Dead. And today I'm joined by a friend of mine, and very excited to have her on, uh, Carol Radiswell. Good morning, Carol. It's early for you. Good morning. Well, it's not that early, I'm afraid to say, but I'm, I'm sort of a late riser. So, what time is it? She's in New it's York. 10 a.m. Oh, God, no, it's early. Okay. I, she made a whole song and dance that she wasn't going to be ready for this. That's definitely the sign of a woman that does not have children. Lucky girl. Oh, I, I know. <laughs> It's so true. I don't know how you guys do it, honestly. You're always going to be richer than me because it's like living with three little pickpockets and you're always going to be better slept, not so sleep deprived. That is definitely true. I can, I can, I can say that. Although I haven't been sleeping so well in the pandemic, so. Yeah, I mean, you guys are living very differently from us. It depends where you are. Some people, it's like you're, we're living in two different countries over here. What's actually bringing me back to what I think we were going to talk talk about today because it's a fascinating conversation because we've got back to the issue where everybody's on lockdown and now we are stuck and how do you date in today's world at all and actually funnily enough before even you know you and I discussed dating and going back to old-fashioned values and all this kind of stuff so Carol um, had an encounter with um, Liam Neeson and I think the point to it, if I get it right, is that Oh my he's, God, you say encounter, like uh, it was just a, a brush. A brush, just, whatever. A snog. Just, Did we have a snog, a, Carol? What's a snog? It's an English word for a kiss. Oh, yeah, yeah. But a kiss with but, tongue. Oh, no, no. No uh, tongue. No, oh, no. Okay. But this was 10 years ago. That, that happened 10 years ago. And I wrote that story probably eight years ago that, that I just published it because I just in context of this discussion about the patriarchy and what makes a real man versus, you know, at that time, Harry Styles was on the cover of Vogue wearing a dress and there was some discussion about whether that was appropriate or what happened to real men. So I dug out this old short story that I'd written and never published about my brush at a Christmas party with Liam Neeson, who I decided at that point, this was 10 years ago, was was my definition of a real man. What it came to was the fact that he was chivalrous. And I think chivalry has been lost. I now have a boyfriend who went out of his way for Valentine's. He was up from 4 a.m. by himself, you know, pulling rose petals off to make this incredible thing for me and printing out pictures of every big moment in our in our dating history. And you're right, like it made me think about all these things. So. There were two really interesting topics for me with you, which is one is 
because, you know, I think the art of dating and the art of real men has been lost. And you're right. People have got lazy. They've got complacent. They, they feel like it's just enough to show up. And just the fact that they've, you know, they've accepted a date and bought you dinner, you know, that's, that's enough. We talked about it because you remind me of like a sort of, you know, sex in the city character. And we had this chat the other day and I was thinking, you know, as somebody who's always been married, that sometimes as a married woman, we all look at your life and get jealous. And you said to me, which was interesting, you look at our lives and get jealous. And I think that's really interesting as a conversation because yours looks a lot more fun. Sometimes, I mean, not to say the grass is always greener, but I think, I mean, for me, I've spent a majority of my adult life in and out of relationships and not being married. I was married young and widowed young. Some people are better suited for being single than others. I mean, I know uh, a lot of friends of mine are monogamous, like in relation, monogamous relationships uh, again and again and again, and it really suits them. So I think you really have to figure out what, what it is that makes you feel like the most authentic life that you can lead. For me, I find I need long periods of being single. I'm not on the apps dating, you know, 10, 20 guys at a, at a clip. I think the only way to date now is through these apps. And the problem with the apps, I find, is that there's no accountability. Even if you connect with someone, you say, hey, they say hi. It's the weirdest, in my experience, the strangest kind of strained conversation. And at any time during that conversation, they could just not respond and there's no accountability. There's no saying, excuse me, that's rude. Or it's almost like you're talking on the phone with someone and they just hang up on you in the middle of the conversation. If you say it's rude and I don't like that, they think that you are a freak. <laughs> right. You know, they're right. like, she's, she's needy. She's, she's impossible. She, she wants this. That, that's what I was going to say. You know, I actually kind of feel like, you know, when I look at your life, I, you live by my rules, as far as I'm concerned. Like, I love the way you lived your life. You love your life, which is, you know, it's not to say you're not single. I've, I've never seen you single. You, you have long-term stories. You have beautiful stories until they're not stories. And then you don't weep over them. You move on. And I, I love that big girl attitude, which is where I got in my life that I feel like I don't believe that someone can pick their partner from 20 years old until they're 80. I just don't believe that's possible. And so you, you had a partner, unfortunately, you know, it wasn't a choice, you know, you, right. you, it was, it, it was taken from you, but, but you know, that you've made the best of a terrible situation. And now yeah. you've realized that you don't, you know, that this is who you are, that you had, how long were you with Adam as well? Like that was years. Probably five years altogether. The last couple of years were like, we were sort of on and off, you know, in that way that a relationship can tend to be that way. But it was, I think when we saw you in Dubai, we were in that phase of like, you know what? I can't handle a serious relationship. He, he's much younger, but I think your, your boyfriend is as well. But th that comes with a different host of problems or issues, I should say, not problems, but so he couldn't handle it either. But we managed to have a really good relationship for a very long period of time. Until we didn't. And then, you know, you part and you have respect for each other. And you, I don't want to be overly friendly with exes, but, you know, it's like I'm, a, we're friends, but like I'm, you know, I'm an ex girlfriend first. So I'm not, 
I'm done. Oh, don't overshare with me. I don't want to know everything. But after my husband passed away, I was 34 and I went through a long period of having fun, love affairs everywhere. You know, I, I wasn't in a, a long-term monogamous relationship for God, like at least seven or eight years after that. But that was by choice. I was, I wasn't ready, you know, when your husband and we were together 10 years, you know, dies and he's young and you're young and it, it really rocks your world. And, and I was just ready to, to go because previous to the marriage, I was in monogamous long-term relationships, college, you know, for four years and another boyfriend after that for two, three years. So I was ready to ha have, have a, a real single life. And then I end up in a couple of long-term relationships, including the one with Adam. The thing about now is like, I, I can't even explain this period of pandemic. I don't go on the dating apps. I, I just don't, because like we said, there's no accountability. And, and it's not, I've never said to a guy who doesn't respond or responds, you know, four months later, I've never said you're rude or anything. I just, I just don't respond at all. Like, and sometimes I am the one who doesn't respond. So I feel bad. So I understand that um, feeling of just, you know what, this is too much trouble. I don't have anything to say. We can't make a connection unless we see each other in real life. And we can't do that now. So I think the best relationships are the ones, again, like you said, are old fashioned at, that you meet through friends. Let's take a little pause and I'm going to have a drink. And in the meantime, while I'm having my glass of wine, which I love, I'm going to tell you about usual wines and they are the wine for the modern drinker. Each bottle is a single serve or about a glass and a half of wine. So no more pouring wine down the sink when you don't want to finish the bottle. Because of the single serve format and the bottle design, usual is always fresh. No more flat bubbly or stale rosé. The wines are low carb and have zero, zero grams of sugar. So you can really afford to drink this wine, girls, because most of us are on constant diets or worried about our sugar intake. And I'm on a no sugar diet anyway, so this is an actual wine that I can drink. Usual has a red blend, a rosé, a sparkling white wine called Brut, and they also have a spritz, a low alcohol, low calorie wine spritzer that's made of sparkling wine and grava juice like White Claw, basically, but for grown-ups, Each serving has just 83 calories. So really, you can afford to have your glass of wine in the day if you sort of enjoy it, but you're scared of the calories. So go enjoy yourself and go to their website and check out www.usualwines.com and use my discount code DND for $8 off your first order and try your first glass on us. Happy drinking. Let's get back to the show. And so what about like, my boyfriend is 18 years younger than me. I don't know what the difference was with you and Adam, but like I got a definitely 22. 22. I think so many women, and I think that's what I wanted to get across, are scared to take the leap into these kind of relationships. And actually they can be some of the best relationships because they really give you youth and like excitement. Well, I'll tell you something like because you know, no one's really going out that much and we're in a pandemic. Every, when I go on the, the dating apps, it's very hard for me to match with any guy over 45. Like I'm telling you, every guy on those dating apps under 40, under 35, in their they're, they're all matching with me. It's not like I expect that I'm ever going to meet these people anyway. You know, it's like, we'll meet for a coffee, we'll meet... My thing is, I don't want to. I don't want to date someone under thirty-five again. The dates that I've had, 
that have been set up by friends are the ones that actually work a little better because there's not that ghosting, right? And I, I feel accountable, uh, accountable and they feel accountable because you have that mutual friend in common. What is the thing with ghosting? It's just a lack of balls to tell somebody or the lack of respect? I don't think it's a lack of respect. I, I don't take it that way. And certainly, shoot, if I've ghosted men, and I'm sure I, I have, it just gets to a point where you just feel like this isn't, I don't have the time or the energy or the focus right now to really have this re conversation on, on Tinder or Raya or Bumble. It has nothing to do with the other person and it has everything to do with where I am in that moment in my life. And that's how I take it. You know, I don't, I don't take it personally. I had one guy say, Hey, how are you? What's going on? We had connected two years ago. Like, <laughs> I just, I was like, dude, it's been two years. <laughs> a lot's gone on. You know, so it's like, I don't know. You know, it's, it's, you can't take it, you know, in my experience, you, you just can't take it too seriously. On the one hand, like, you know, dating can become your full-time job because it takes a lot of energy and focus. But on the other hand, you just, you know, you just can't take it too seriously. And, you know, they say in Hollywood, ride the horse in the direction it's going. You just have to go... I find that my best relationships are the ones that like you, you know, you just, they just happen, you know, and they just flow and there's not a lot of posturing and problems and, and miscommunications. They're just, you just know it when you feel it in that relationship, even after the first or second date. And I'm trying to think the, the, my last two serious relationships, I knew like the first time I met them, you know, I knew that, okay, this is different. This isn't just going to be like a fun love affair. This, this might be something bigger. Um, even when I met Adam and he was 22 years younger, I just felt like, oh, this is different. There was a, one of my favorite writers, uh, Mary Cantwell. She wrote a book called When I Was Young in Manhattan. And she writes about being, being young, moving to Manhattan, getting a job and getting in a relationship. And she writes a lot about how every relationship needs the glue, right? And uh, it's so true. And I think it's why these dating apps don't work so well because there's no glue, there's no accountability. There's no friend who can say, hey, what did you think of Carol? Or Carol, what did you think of, you know, James? And, and, and sometimes uh, the glue is just a friend, that third person that kind of gives you like the, the room to transition from like first, second, third date into something maybe more. Um, but, but a lot of times it's children because a lot of times it's, it's the, it's a mutual love of travel and building things together. Sometimes it's a company, a friend of mine is in a relationship with a, a man who's lives in Australia and she's in Australia now, but they move, they go back and forth and he has children from a first marriage. She doesn't have any, and she's not sure she wants children, but they're building a company together, you know? So it's like, it's true. Uh, the healthiest relationships have each person, right? And then there's this third thing that keeps them bound together. And it doesn't always have to be children. It can be the curiosity of travel and it, it can be the building of a company or, or something together, you know, building of a home or in that respect, age doesn't, you know, play into it as you're experiencing with Sergio. Older men don't have that, like they're not as in touch with their feeling as younger men are. You know, younger do you think men- that's a generation thing? Yeah. Or do they lose touch? This, this younger generation, 40 and below, men are more in touch, those millennials are more in touch with their feelings than 
than, you know, 50 year old men. Yeah. Like 50 year old men. It's like, yeah, whatever. You have to slide into my, my life. They don't give you as much. They don't give you time. They don't give you love. Whereas I saw Adam reminds me of that. Like Adam was really in love with you. That's a, a rare, beautiful thing to see. And just older guys, it's like a weak, they feel like it's a weakness to show that. Yeah. I think it's uh, a strength. It's such a strength. Yeah. I have to adjust my, my vision though, because when I meet men now, not even my own age, even 10 years younger than me, they, to me, they seem old. <laughs> so it's like, I've got to refigure. Like, I think, oh, he's a, such a nice man. Or to me, he looks like a, a dad or someone else's husband. Because you, you know? don't notice your own. I never notice myself aging either. I still think I'm like, I look at all these like 20 something year olds and I'm like, I think they're my counterparts. And I'm like, hang on a minute. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, we've got Peter Pan syndrome, I think. How is it dating when you have such a profile too in New York? I mean, that does that make it harder? Not really. I mean, I'm off the show two years now. Thank God. So I'm able to have a private life that is private. You know, there is a bit of, um, because the housewives, as you know, even people, straight men, obviously who wouldn't normally watch or know about it, seem to know about it through their wives at the time, ex-wives or girlfriends. So there's a little bit of that, that weird curiosity, like, oh, you know, I'm going to go on a date or I'm going to bang, you know, one of the housewives. You know, I feel like I don't want to be and this happens probably more on dating apps because they just see your photo and they, oh, isn't that the girl from the television show? I don't want to feel like, and I've been lucky in this regard, you know, like some, you know, circus sideshow, like, oh, that's kind of interesting. How, do you, that, how do you see through that shit? I have a pretty good radar for that kind of stuff. And it's not just from the show. I think it's from, you know, my earlier life when, you know, married to Anthony in that family, you know, the Kennedy family's and Radzio's are so super high profile. Obviously, John was. So I, I saw how a lot of people acted around people who were super famous. And so I learned pretty early on how to gauge whether people were interested because interested in me because they wanted to meet, you know, Carol and Bassett or John, or they were just genuinely interested. So in, in that regard, that 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 radar still works. And plus, you know, I, I dated a few high profile guys, you know, in my time. So I, I just am aware of that, that feeling of like, this guy's not really interested. He just, this is, this is someone who's interested because, you know, I was on a TV show and, you know, I don't know, I probably made mistakes, you know, maybe, maybe I've been with men who just, you know, ran back and told their guy friends or remember that girl from the show. I hope to, I hope they say she, the, not the, you know, the down to earth one. That's all I can, that's all I hope for that. They say, oh yeah, the, the one who wasn't crazy. So let's take a little break from the show and discuss something that's, you know, obviously quite close to my heart and to everybody right now, especially with, you know, the pandemic in the world and all of these things. I think mental health awareness is so important being able to take care of yourself, and I talk about this a lot in all my podcasts, actually, I think it was one called Selfish is a New Black. It's not about, you know, taking care of yourself and forgetting everyone around you. If you do not get yourself right and take care of yourself, you cannot take care of other people. And so it's so important to prioritize your mental health. So today I want to tell you about Talkspace. It's so easy to keep your therapist at hand and be able to talk to a therapist any time of day, wherever you are, in any country, 
and it's so simple to use and you have access to your provider from the comfort of your device, which means therapy is on your schedule and not on theirs, alleviating your waiting times to get the appointment, travel and all of these things so that you free up the time the rest of your life. It's so convenient and accessible and helps you feel completely supported around the clock, which is sometimes just all you need. Talkspace has thousands of licensed therapists with years of experience in over 40 specialities, including depression, anxiety, substance abuse, trauma, anger management, relationships issues, food, eating, and so much more. As a listener of this podcast, you'll get $100 off your first month with Talkspace. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com and make sure you use the code DND and get $100 off your first month and show your support for the show. That's DND in Talkspace. You know, I got a lot of that with Sergio too. Everyone's like, is he dating you because of this? And I'm like, okay, Sergio's Spanish, first of all. He's never watched a housewife show in his life. When I met him, he was 24. So like, you know- Yeah, exactly. So you can imagine like there's no like housewife shows he was settling down with his mates to watch. But it's funny because, you know, I got a lot of like, why is he with you? Is it for for money? I mean, I don't give him any money. He has his own. Is it for, you know, because you're on a show? He's never watched my fucking show. And if he wants a rich old housewife, he lives in Newport Beach. There's a gazillion. (laughs) They're they're sat there. He didn't have to go to Dubai. But, you know, that's the old, that's the patriarchy at work. You know, that's the misogynistic narrative about women of a certain age uh, with a younger man. It can't possibly be anything but sexual. It can't possibly be a meeting of two minds. It's it's lopsided. None of the stuff that obviously older men are with younger women all the Every time. Day. It's not only normal, it's encouraged. And that's just the sexist, misogynistic narrative that we are uh, living under. And as with any patriarch, when you can get women to do the bidding of men, that's when it works the best. So not only are you under the, you know, this scrutiny of, of men saying, oh, he's just get, you know, he's getting, you know, hot sex from an older woman. Women are the worst. Women oh, are the and, ones. And by the way, are, I'm getting hot sex from a younger guy. I don't know what the fuck he's there talking about. You know, <laughs> um, I'm having the best time ever. Like, and it is biologically like that is a good sexual meetup because women sexual peak kind of arrives later. Like I know, like sexually, I was much more engaged. I started to be much more interested even when I was in my 40s. And men's sexual peak is in their 20s. So it actually works sexually better. Much it's a better. More compatible relationship. But, you know, we're, we live in the sexist world where it can't possibly be anything but a sexual relationship because, you know, you're 20 years older and, you know, and we live in the age shape, you know, women over a certain age, just uh, childbearing age of, of no value, you know, in society generally. We still live under that patriarchal trope of women over a certain age. Women are worse than than men, I think. Somehow we, you know, we've been co-opted into thinking there's some truth to that. There's no truth to it. And that's what I think, you know, someone like you has proven, I am proving, and we we're coming from two different backgrounds. I'm coming from an 18-year marriage. And you're coming from your, your, your relation, beautiful relationships. And I call them stories and they were all real. And, you know, we're, we're both ending up with 
having had a very meaningful relationship with younger guys, you know, I'm, you can't just wipe it off as nothing. Nobody stays for a sexual relationship for five and a half years or you didn't talk, you know, maybe five and a half minutes, two and a half weeks, you know, maybe, you know, I've, I've nearly been with Sergio nearly two years now. So, you know, whatever you want, whatever makes you comfortable isn't the truth. Your philosophy of life is very much by one that I like to live by. And, you know, and I think funnily enough, no matter how, uh, obviously it was awful and, you know, losing your husband in such a way, but it, it probably gave you that light of your life in the, in a way it probably made you this way because you understand you only have one life and you understand how, you know, you were dealt that hand, you had no choice, but you made, you've made a beautiful life for yourself. You just don't sweat the small stuff. You know, I always say, if you're having an argument, it's like, okay, would you have to call an ambulance, a doctor or a lawyer? If not, we're good. This is not life threatening. This is, this is an argument. This is a discussion. This is so you tend not to have many arguments over the silly things, over the little things, you know? I think that's a really good takeaway. And I think that, you know, that's what, why I brought you on the show. And that's what I think you embody. You know, you don't feel sorry for yourself. I've never heard you moan. I think about anything, be it the dating, be it the hand you were dealt with your ex-husband, be it anything, you have an incredibly positive outlook in life. And you're like, you're like me, you're pragmatic. These things happen. Well, I think that's what it is more than anything. I'm very practical, very pragmatic yes. about. And that's very sexy, Carol. And that's why you'll always be somebody's prize. That's why you'll always... I like the, I, that's so nice of you to say. Well, you will. And you've never yeah. really been alone. I mean, you're alone now because you're stuck in COVID and you can't get out. But, you know, if you weren't, you won't be alone. And I think, and you've never been scared of that. And that's why you'll always, you remind little bits of you and me. And I want to be, you know, you. Like, I'm not scared of what the future holds because I'm very like you. I'm very, pra I'm practical. It will be fine. And yeah. you have that, it will be fine way. Because if you didn't collapse when your ex died right and you rose in the, the only way you could because some people do and my, my girlfriend was dealt the same hand as you with a sadly and she's done exactly the same she's so much stronger and she actually you know and she used it as as a place to you know really push herself forward which is how he would have wanted it and I feel like you did that too he you know and and I think you made a beautiful life for yourself and one that's you know fun and sexy and it looks vibrant it's not conventional for sure you know it's uh, sort of upside down when I was 30 you know 34 I was a widow and now I'm dating you know now I'm single dating you know single girl, the thing that saves me in moments, you know, like I'm like, I'm human and normal. I have these moments where I'm like, oh, what am I doing? Where, you know, what am I supposed to be doing? But I always come back to, you know, whatever you're doing right now is exactly what you should be doing. Whatever you're going through right now is what you should be going through. And if you stay in that moment, then I think you really get tripped up when you start future tripping, when you start thinking, you know, I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe I should be doing that. Maybe I should be doing that. But when you think, no, 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 no. What is happening now, especially with this pandemic, it's helped me a lot, is exactly what should be happening. So I'm not going to beat myself up because, you know, I'm not going out on, you know, 50 dates. I'm not, I'm not going to beat myself up about work, which is kind of slower. You know, it's just whatever's happening is exactly what should be happening in my life story right now. And that always makes 
feel better. I think that, you know, everybody is really it. I think living in the moment, knowing yourself, learning who you are, going with the flow, not overthinking and knowing that somehow life tends to work out, that we all have holy shit moments, but, you know, we're all still here. Thank you so much, Carol. This has been amazing. It was so great catching up with you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at at Caroline Stanbury for all the behind-the-scene action. 